It's the Tiltcast, episode 536, Uncle Gerald. And this week, guys, we talked The Witcher 3, Mech Warrior 5, Final Fantasy 14, Zero. and a bunch of news. Stay tuned. Be right. And we're back. Woo! Oh, hold on a second. There we go. And now we're back. Now we're back. It's Tillcast. Mm-hmm. It's February 4th. It's an M-rated show. It is uh, 30 degrees at uh, 4.53 p.m. Central Time. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And the three of us who get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Oh, shit. So gave us some news. Um, well, it is the three of us, finally. It is. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah. Feels like it's been a long week. I know I worked my ass off this week. Mm, Jason, yes. Jason, you've been doing a lot of uh, cookies and things for kids. Pretty what? much. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Girl Scout cookie season. Girl Scout cookie season, also known as the bane of my existence. Holy fuck. I mean, Thin Mints are are a weakness, and I love them to death, and um, they will be the death of me one day, I think. And uh, I think the last time, I think, what was it, last year I ordered like six boxes. Damn. I'm on keto. Like, <laughs> what am I going to do with six boxes? I usually just give them to the females in my life that really like Girl Scout cookies. That's what I've been trying to do. Okay, so I just give them to my coworkers. Yeah, I love I hope you. they don't listen to the show. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. I mean, I've got a couple of friends. <laughs> my mom That's... likes it when I order her cookies. I uh, so one of his kiddos had some kind of other, you know, snack drive a few months ago. I ordered some nuts and some candies, and then I ended up giving them to my mom in exchange for her watching Lola while I uh, had to do a bunch of shit with the company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she walked out of here with like two boxes of candy and some nuts for my dad. That's a weird thing to say, nuts for my dad. Well, I mean. My dad likes you, nuts. But, Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to order some more. I've got my friend Vanessa probably wants some candy. Be some kind of exchange there. Maybe I'll use it as a uh, tip for uh, haircuts. Oh, there you go. I don't know. I'll I'll just, uh, I'll just, uh, I was thinking about getting some because uh, it would be, it'd be a good, I'm not going to say bribe, but. It would definitely just turn into one and just to be like, hey, if I could just work from home for a day or two, I'll I'll bring you some uh some thin mints. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the weather around here has has sucked pretty hardcore uh over the last couple of weeks. And you know, just just yesterday it was you know, for like three days straight, it did not get above single digits. Like during the day, it's eight eight degrees. I'm like fuck this shit. This is cold. Damn. And uh, it's cold enough that it uh, that it 
destroyed the uh the the little vinyl sticker that i put on on my car like it was so cold that the adhesive for the vinyl sticker had frozen so when i went through the uh the car wash it just blew the fucking vinyl off of it and left the adhesive on the fucking car so now i gotta go out there when it warms up above you know above freezing with some goo gone and try to get that adhesive off my fucking uh off my window it's it's cold that we're cold enough around here that weird shit starts to fucking happen like you know your remote start fails to uh, fails to work because it just says you know what fuck this shit it's too cold um <laughs> that's much colder than it was here but monday this week it literally just was pouring ice like oh, it, yeah it was like it was a thunderstorm there was lightning thunder and then ice pellets just raining and dancing outside in the lawn. Yeah. Like I saw the lightning and I was uh, like, it's too cold to rain. And I looked out the window and it's like 20 degrees. There's freaking ice pellets just bouncing in the backyard. That was crazy. Thunder sleet, bitches. Thunder sleet. Thunder sleet is something that we didn't have up here. Um, we did not get that. Uh, we did, in fact, just get like a constant stream of powder snow. Like the really, really light, very fine powder snow. Uh, and then we ended up getting a lot of wind over the past few days when the as this uh, front was coming through. So we would ha just have spontaneous whiteouts. It's like, whoa, I can't see anything. We can sl slow down to like 10 miles an hour down on, uh, on the road because you can't see shit. And we've got a couple places that are um big uh flats there's um uh there's farms on both sides of the road so that wind uh, that wind kicks all that freaking you know powder up and you just can't see shit the road sucker on here yeah it's uh, just now the last couple of days started to warm up it's actually very warm for february outside right now like it's almost 60 degrees so all that shit's melted it, away. We've we've gained about twenty one degrees overnight. It's now currently twenty nine degrees. This is a northern heat wave. <laughs> it's not enough for it to melt, but it's close. Yeah, I so I work from home, so for me it was like no freaking big deal. Like I can yep, rub it in. You know, it's like uh yep, it's icing outside. And I told my boss, I was like, you know, well, my boss lives in the same town as me, which is weird now that I work from home. But I was like, she's about, she was telling me the same thing. I was like, well, you know, it's icing outside. And she's like, almost finished my sentence. She's like, so, you know, if me and us go offline, you know, it's because PSO sucks. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes. You have to worry about that shit. She's like, just text me if it goes off. And if it goes off for me, I'll text you and you tell everybody else that I'm just offline. As you're sitting there, you know, secretly, like, you know, have your fingers hovered over the freaking, you know, power plug. Like, if we, if we can, uh, if we coordinate this, we could just pull the plug on our machines at the same time. Nobody would ever know. It would, I would think in <laughs> other roles that would work fine. I think in my current role, all it would do is make me get behind. <laughs> I just have to make up work. Or I'd have to put off work on my partner in crime, and she uh, she'd do it for me, but she wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah, 
So, well, is this, I, I it's just the, nat- it's the nature of my job because I'm a people manager. I'm just always doing something for somebody. Like mm-hmm. my customers are my people, basically, right? Right. So there's all sorts of little random stuff that I'm always working out. So it's, uh, yeah, it just puts me in a weird space to to actually miss work. Um, but like even yesterday, I really wanted to get off work early, so I like hustled my ass all week to get myself in a space where I could, so I could take time off work. And all I really did was get my haircut and get a start getting a whole bunch of shit hung up around the house. Like I've been, like I showed Jason last night because he was over, and I've hung probably 50 different pictures up i i went through my archives of stuff and like readjusted all of the pictures and things like that to you know like just adjusting levels or some things that i thought would look better as black and white etc just started hanging up pictures of people and things that i'd taken pictures of in the past because it's not doing anything other than sitting on a hard drive or some of it's on social media and i was like this doesn't make any sense Social right. media doesn't care about my shit. I care about my shit. So I'm going to hang it up, which is what I've been doing, and slowly filling up the walls. I'm going to get to a place where I don't have any wall space. I think that's I mean, kind of the goal. I mean, you almost are already. <laughs> oh, no, I could fit double this in here. Pretty easy, I think. But now I do have something on every wall, finally. Which also made it remind me, I have almost no pictures of Jason or you, Rusty, which is weird since I spend more time with you guys than I do any other people. I'm not very photogenic, so. Uh, got a, way back in the day, there was a random, a random picture I took of Holly, like, scrubbing her bald spot or something <laughs> like that. Back when no, you she... were growing hair. <laughs> no, it was... Uh... It was, uh, it was, his rub the bald spot for luck, I think it was. Something uh, like that. And she knew that you were a touch-me-not, so she was doing it intentionally because she knew it made you uncomfortable. And I yes. think, if I remember right, she was just taking her nails and very slowly tickling the top of your head. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that happened. Mm, yeah. So I have a picture of you looking incredibly uncomfortable on my wall. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> It's not a. It's not like an eight by ten. It's a. It's a four by six. Mm-hmm. It could be an eight no, you've by got, ten. You've got more pictures of me holding on to Lola than uh, uh, than there's, a, you know, than just standing there. I think we we did do like group pictures at one point when we uh, when we did the tri birthday stuff. Um, I can't but, find them. Yeah, I, I I don't know where they're at. Yeah, I've, if somebody has them, I'd love to have them and hang them up because I've basically between all three of us, I've got like four pictures, which is ridiculous. Like I got pictures of people I don't hang out with nearly as often as I do you guys, right? Uh, and I have nothing with you guys. I was going to take some last night with Dave and uh, Jason, and I completely forgot. You don't, you don't really think about it, right? I think about it like during a birthday, or you know, you're out at the bar and you're a little bit drunk or something like that. Right. I've got a lot of those pictures of out in the bar and a little bit drunk. I've got a picture of like me and Holly at PAX. I've got some pictures from Casey's wedding, you know, like. I would love to go to a PAX. Oh my God. Yeah. If I figure wow. out a Lola space, maybe we, we need to do a PAX. We, we also, since, uh, since 
John wasn't there last night. We also I I took Monk, Munchkin over since we weren't going to be able to do our tabletop, and we sat there and played a couple rounds of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jason taught me and Dave how to play Munchkin. I've never played Munchkin as much as I've played some variant of D anD. I've never played Munchkin. Wow, that's actually impressive. You know, you can play Munchkin online now, right? Yeah, I think it was fun playing it in person. It's always better in person, but I mean, you can play it online. Basically, that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know. Every really? so often, it's I don't online to, I think you. I think you can. I thought uh, there was uh, a, a Munchkin online. Now you, now you got me thinking about it. Yeah, Munchkin Digital on Steam. Huh. It's an early access, fifteen dollars. There you go. Oh, wow, Steve one. Jackson Games actually yep. finally approved one. Yep. Sweet. I mean, it's it's an uh, it's it's official. Like that is this is not a Munchkin knockoff. It is actually Munchkin. Uh, so uh, it is an early access. I'm not quite sure. I've just I've only ever like looked at it. I didn't actually purchase it. Um, yeah, and they just uh, released their early access version back in December. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like super fucking early uh, and it needs work. Some of the uh, uh, some of the reviews actually have been pointing out some bugs and like the AI characters are, you know, are, well, idiots probably because they still need some work but I mean one of the pictures shows the harpies you know the monsters with harps uh so uh yeah I'm I uh I'd if be they, down to play if some they were able to get that going and get it you know get it going well it's very possible for them to do all of the the uh uh, the Bunchkin expansions, and that would be a, a really nice platform. I'd be down to play some Munchkin online. Yeah, like, I'm I mean, like, looking forward to the next time we don't have a normal game night, to be honest with you. We had a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing the first round, and then towards the end of it, I kind of picked up on what I was screwing around with, and by the second, I won that game, surprisingly, and then ended up with a halfling, and then I realized that the halfling can sell a shitload of stuff to go up levels, so I just was selling shit left and right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think they kept knocking me down, and then towards the end of it, I jumped up, like, three levels in one turn without even fighting anything. Yeah. I just right. had a shitload of item cards, and I had one item card that was worth, like, 1,100, and then you get to double that, so it was, like, two le- 2.2 levels in one card from the first sell and then just sold all the random items that I didn't need because that's why I was holding on to them. So mm-hmm. discarding my my uh, class cards so that I could hold on to item cards for uh, a level up when it became opportune. And I kind of waited for uh, Jason and Dave to uh, fuck me over and over and over and over till I was pretty sure they were out of fuck you over cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I could just like splurge and jump several levels in one turn. Um. Oh yeah, that game. I mean, the strategy worked. Yeah, that game's good. 
I know. It's very good. It, it really is one of the better just um, hang out and and play it games. Um, it also helps if you're familiar with D&D. It makes some really great jokes on a lot of the tropes, um, but still also manages to be kid-friendly. You know, um, yeah, that spiked cod piece. Right. Don't forget the squirrel that won't go after the spike cod piece. Right. <laughs> yeah, Munchkin's pretty good. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good indeed. But yeah, we had uh, we had a blast doing that. It was uh, it was fun. Made them ribs and some uh, red potatoes. That was my cheat for this week. It really didn't throw me all that off, to be honest with you. Just barely threw me off my diet. Them ribs were good. That was the other reason I was taking off early. Sometimes, depending on what my day's like, right? Like I have enough time to baby the... My old role, I was... Everything was a meeting, right? So I could count on when I'd be busy and when I wouldn't be busy for a minute. And I could almost plan around that be like, okay, on on Tuesday, I have enough time to make ribs. Because I can see my meetings in advance. And now in my current role... I do this thing called, we call it working meetings, which means a problem arose, which is usually what happens in the morning. Me and my compadre get in and we're like, okay, well, this thing just popped up. What are we going to do? All right. I can see your calendar. You can see my calendar. I can see from like 10 to noon, you have nothing going on. Neither do I. That's when we're going to work together and we'll sit there and brainstorm and come up with a process for something to get something done because it affects all of our people. So. That's what we do. Sit there and problem solve for hours at a time. So you can't really plan around that. You can't be like, all right, hold a second. I got to go check on the smoker. <laughs> like I just need to buckle in and get something done. So it's like, you know what? I'm going to take some time off, make some ribs on Friday. Mm. Which is what I did. Took off at nut at about noon and fired up the grill, went and got my hair cut. Went and uh, flirted with my hairstylist, which is something I've been doing quite a bit of. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah. Again, yeah. found my uh, my order for my motherboard and uh, CPU came in about 30 minutes before Dave got there. So it meant I couldn't really tackle that yesterday, but that was also exciting. I, what happened was, I can use this to kind of transition into our game section, is I've been playing a lot of Witcher 3. Um because that game's pretty good, and it's got the new ray tracing update, and it's got a shitload of updates. And I was getting CPU-gated. I'd noticed that my GPU usage would drop down sometimes like 80%, and I'd get some weird stutters and stuff, right? And it, it's stuff related to CPU stuff, like when I'd run into a crowd, right? Or be in Novigrad, and there's a, a, had a bunch of people on the screen. You'd find some stuff doing some research that were pretty big CPU hogs, like apparently distant foliage is a CPU hog as well as grass. And, of course, uh, Hairworks is also a CPU hog. Um, so oh, I was yeah. playing with all that stuff off. I haven't tried some of that stuff back on to see if there's an improvement. But I did notice after I got everything installed that I am no longer CPU gated. So I went from a Ryzen 5 3600 to a Ryzen 9 5900X. 
which I can't remember exactly what the difference is on the cache, but I want to say it went from 16 megabytes of cache to uh, 64. It also has, or not 64, 128, I believe. I'd have to look at it. I want to say it's at least 64, though. But the other thing is it's going from 6 cores to 12 cores, which means I've got 24 threads I can run on this sucker. And uh, I've created the motherboard, too, to a gigabyte build, which I am over the moon with. If you remember right, Rusty, you were giving me shit about the MSI board when I bought that, like, five or six years ago. Yeah. I I dislike MSI in all forms. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs> well, and... I was too poor, like I spent, I had to save up for like two months to have the money to buy that. And then when I bought it, I had to RMA it because it just wouldn't even boot, like at all. Mm. Yeah. So I, I was stuck. It's like, I'm stuck like Chuck. I can't do anything with this. I have to go ahead and just RMA it. I can't just get a different board. So I RMA'd it, got a new one, and it still like would be pretty hinky about things like resets and sometimes when RAM timings were off. Like, I don't know how it just automatically auto switched but it would like not read my ram timings right or it would set one set at a different time and i didn't even have it on the auto configuration i ended up flashing a bios and then that got a little bit better but it's like my xmp was still kind of like tenuous mm -hmm. and i get random hitches in games and you know it's just always been kind of an annoyance right i've got a really good graphics card and i got this like really janky ass piece of shit motherboard <laughs> Um, with a decent CPU, but like it's never, it's never performed to my expectations. And I finally got frustrated playing the Witcher of all things, playing an old ass game. And I was just like, you know what? I'm in a position, different position than I was then. This is, I haven't spent any money on this check. I'm just going to buy, I'm going to get everything all together. And Newegg had a sale on an Aurora B50, B550. Um, for like 160 bucks, which that board used to go for like 200 and something. Yeah. And then the 5900X was on sale for almost $200 off. So I ended up buying that for 340, which to me, that was a hell of a deal. I know it's because the new line horizon just is, did it just launch or is it just about to launch? The no, it new... launched back in October. Oh, did it? Okay, well, that's why it's on sale, but I don't want to completely, I, don't, I didn't want to change out my RAM, too, um, because I'd have had to do that if I went, if I upgraded that. And then that, I, what, I probably spent about six or $700 on the processor. Like, yeah. it went from a, a $500 investment to a, like an $1,100 investment. I didn't think that the uh, it warranted that kind of upgrade right now. Yeah. So eventually mine will be uh, we'll have that kind of upgrade, but I'm not sure. It didn't it didn't make sense, but I was telling Jason earlier today, like on a side thread, because I didn't know if you're asleep or not. I was like, it just works. Like literally I spent all this time this morning. I woke up, like started my workout, kind of got things rolling, and went in and did um like I backed up all my games I moved that I want to play. I moved games on the Steam over to my D drive so that I could do a clean install of Windows because I was worried about driver incompatibilities. And then I went through and figured out how to move Epic games because I still like playing MechWarrior a hell of a lot, and it's a 50-gig install. So I didn't want to spend an hour downloading anything. I just wanted to be able to clean install and just pick up and go. I moved all my photos, you know, 
all the typical stuff that you do. And I spent almost two hours doing that, you know, making my recoverable boot drive, right? Like I've got windows installed on a, on a thumb drive, getting all of that shit done and then pull it out, take it apart. And I've vastly cleaned up the back of my PC. Like right now I literally have a power cable, two HDMIs, uh, you know, an ethernet cable and, uh, one USB cable going to one of the three ports to a USB three powered hub that has everything plugged into it. So it's literally just four or five, five cables in the back. Like I don't even have to take a picture of the back anymore <laughs> to figure out where everything went. So like I unplug it, put it on the, uh, on my big ass table, take it apart. And it's a new case or, you know, a newer case. I bought that Lee and Lee last year and it's, the management on it is so much better than my old case, right? Like everything just sits in the right spot. So you just kind of like pop everything off, take a screwdriver, unmount the board, pulled off my cooler, you know, replace, replace the, or put in a new motherboard and then the new chip on the new one and had everything back together, like pulled apart and put everything back together inside of 20 minutes. Plugged it in and it boots. Like it, 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 just it, just, it just boots up. Well, almost it boots up. It says it can't find windows. It's like, oh yeah, I got to go into the boot order. Right. I tell it to put it on the right drive. Right. Change that up real quick and then reset real quick. Just boots, fires up. It's working. And then it automatically says that it needs drivers. Then it downloads all the drivers in five minutes for the board and the CPU. It's ready to go. Like the only thing I needed to do is adjust the XMP profile. Now, the Gigabyte motherboard is just so much. So aside from that being a better process, plugging it in was a better process. Everything's very clearly labeled, spaced far enough apart where it's not a weird stretch to plug things in. Like even, so you know, like your reset and all that kind of stuff that you have on your, those headers that you have on your board that are like microscopic to see. Mm -hmm. um, it has a little clip that you can put everything in. So, Thankfully, my case has a single plug that has all that stuff in the right order, so you don't have to dick with it. But in my old case, you had those little single pin connectors that you had to use. Oh, yeah. And it's got a little, like, clip that you can clip all of those in and then just straight plug it in so you don't have to figure out where it's at. And it's all clearly labeled. So, and then the space for that is very clearly labeled on what you need to plug in and where. It didn't even have an instruction manual for the damn thing. It has something you can scan with a QR code so you can pull up the instructions. Mm -hmm. I didn't need any of that because it was clearly labeled. I didn't have to fuck with that. Now, I did screw up my RAM timings on my own um, initially going into the BIOS and messing with the XMP profile. And I did something. I don't even know what I did, but it just wouldn't boot. And it was the battery's in a very easy spot. So I literally just pulled my card out and pulled the battery for a minute, plugged the battery back in and went back in there. And then I found if I had like went one option over that I could find the XMP profile and it right. wanted to auto tune to 3600, which was faster than the 3000 that I had before on my old board. Right. I was like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. I did it and it runs and it's not even on fast boot and it boots faster than my old board. And then the BIOS is just so much cleaner and easier to read and everything works. Like, I can even use my fucking mouse in my BIOS, which is weird. I'm not used to that. And it's got a better, so like MSI has something called Dragon you can use to tune stuff, but I could almost, it would work sometimes and sometimes it wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. 
So sometimes you'd be like, all right, I'm going to overclock to like 4.3 or something, which is about where my old PCU or my old CPU like to sit, right? You know, and then you'd dick with it and then it'd make you reset sometimes. Sometimes you'd pull up your task manager and you'd see it running at that speed and sometimes you'd pull it up and it's like not at all. Or it set itself to auto or something like that, you know. And this, the overclock software for Gigabyte, you can do while the operating system's going and you can even like mess with your RAM timings real time, which is weird for me. That seems scary. But like literally just pulled it up overclocked it to four eight and then yeah it just works like everything just works it's so much better <laughs> there's literally it's amazing when tech just works right i know yeah i expected this to be way more of a hassle i was like all right here we go it's gonna half a day worth of dicking with this i'm not gonna get to play any video games i'm gonna do this i'm gonna podcast and i'll play some video games to like two in the morning to get my time back and now i'm i'm not in that position it's uh yeah, like I don't. I mean, I might do a fresh install since I backed everything up, but maybe I think I'll, maybe. I think you should. I think you should. It's it's been multiple years since you've done it. You've changed your equipment a couple, you know, a couple different times. I think that you'd yeah you know, that you'd see a uh, you'd see an improvement though, unless it's something unless it's broken. I don't know. I mean. Honestly, if it's the old adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, we might might go that direction. I need it, but I uh, my my machines just my machines just had some shit happen. So it's seen some shit. So <laughs> well, I I am happy to report that every single game seems to be running smoother. I just. Like I said, I used to get random judders, and I think it was just the way that the lanes were. I don't know if they were clogged, if I didn't have enough lanes, if it was switching, right, between different operations in a game. But I just get random stutters. It didn't matter the game. Um, And I, like I said, I got a decent, decent. I've got a 3080. Like, that's a good graphics card. You shouldn't have that. You know, I shouldn't that have that shit. Like, it shouldn't, like, I shouldn't just be running vanilla smooth for 20 minutes and then all of a sudden it just like gets these random well, hitches all over the place and i i firmly believe like after i really started digging in and looking at my cpu and gpu usage i was like okay i am actually getting gated at some points and it it does make sense especially now that i've redone all of the that hardware and done the same stuff and increased settings and still not seeing the same kind of weird dips that i was seeing it it had to have been related to my CPU, and and probably yep. that board. Uh, I think a lot of it was your board, but I mean, you're also seeing a huge difference because you went from uh, what jump a thirty six hundred to to a fifty nine hundred. I mean, that's a big jump. There's there is some uh, there's a big uplift there. <laughs> Well, yeah. you, you I, went basically from an i5 to the next generation's i9 in Intel terms. Right. And it just didn't make sense for me to upgrade the graphics card again, not for The Witcher of all things. I just knew I've had all this whole setup since I want to say about 2017 or early 2018, the motherboard and CPU combo. And it's needed an up, upgrade for quite a while. 
But if I'd have went the whole gambit, right, like went to this generation's Ryzen, I would have had to do DDR5, which I'm probably not going to see huge performance gain from. And I don't know. None of that made a lot of sense. And it yeah. future-proofs me for a few years. And if I do end up upgrading the graphics card for some reason for a game that really demands it, then now at least I feel like I have a CPU that kind of matches it. Yeah. Uh, well, and it's going to be, I mean... You're already seeing speed advantages out of DDR5, but the timings aren't as low as DDR4 yet. So I think it's still going to be a couple years before that's even a real advantage to upgrade to. Well, I mean, it's been, what, 10 years we went from like 1333 and 1066, or in 1666 RAM to being able to go up to like 4200, you know, with some DDR4 profiles. And for me, I've got some Corsair RAM that's a few years old that is set, is supposed to go through 3600. And the board just said, yep, that's what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll read the, uh, it'll read the profile, like the profile for each one of those uh, XMP, you know, rated uh, RAM modules. Those, those things are, it should have worked with the MSI board, but because MSI, you know, well, MSI just, it's like, it didn't like my Corsair Ram. Like for a while, I had a long time ago, I used to have G skill and then mm -hmm. G skill seems to have some compatibility issues with the different brands. So I ended up going with Corsair. It's a little less flashy looking, but it has just been like freaking it, as dependable as it can be. And like I said, just putting it in there and seeing the difference now with it, just recognizing the XMP profile, having no issues, got 32 gigs of fucking chugging RAM now. Like I'm feeling pretty, pretty uh, good about anything I throw at it right now. I did try Dark Tide too, right? Didn't get into a match because I wasn't sure when we were going to podcast today, but I jumped in and usually you see, you know, there's a lot of lights and shadows in the opening area that you're in. And I uh, went into the, you know, trial area so you could, like, try shit out just to see if I had any drops and run them buttery smooth. I was just like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Yes. A clean 90 <laughs> FPS, no no hitches, nothing. Even with ray tracing on, everything's working great. Um, But speaking of ray tracing, going back to that original thing, there's not a lot of new out. Um, I have played... A little bit of new game, but playing The Witcher 3, you know, we got done with the Game of the Year episode. I'm thinking about all of the quality stuff that I played last year. The Witcher 3 is such a good game. I <laughs> It is. It's incredibly good. The uh, Horizon was decent for as much shit as I gave it. I was being pretty critical because we were doing Game of the Year. Um, I had fun with Horizon, but... Going to a game that was developed before Ubi really picked up on the item hunt stuff, right? And a lot of the open world games started just doing the item collectathon stuff. Like, made me realize that all the things that you do in The Witcher have a purpose. Like, it's so much different to be like, the reason I'm going to this thing on the map is because there's a quest here or a story bit here, or. I'm finding new Witcher gear, which involves combat around that treasure hunt. It's not just that. I'm also going to get some rare materials. I might fight a boss monster, which gives me more things for my alchemy or gives me new mutagens to install, right? 
The uh, the voice acting's pretty damn good. The story's really engaging. There's a lot of branching paths of that story. Um, the contracts are a good source of income for you to upgrade your gear. Your money matters. I was super poor for the first part of that game, and I forgot how poor you are when you first started. I was going to do New Game Plus, but I didn't know enough about my gear or anything, you know, to do the New Game Plus. I just had a shitload of items, and I was like, you know what? I don't understand the context of all this. I'm going to start fresh. It's not going to hurt me. Um, and I just went into a regular game and then realized, like, oh, there's a purpose for me getting, like, non-Witcher gear sometimes. Like, yes, it is good to get the Witcher gear, but for your first, like, 10 or so levels, like, it's kind of hard to find Witcher gear. Mm-hmm. And so you're buying crafting diagrams off Smiths or whatever. And then making sure you know where to get those items. Now, there is a little bit of goofiness with you just stealing everything under the sun, including like freaking rakes and <laughs> like, you know, anvil heads and all sorts of stuff in all the empty barrels. And I steal everything all the time. Um, but like there's legitimately been times where I fought guards or whatever or humans and just took their weapons. And it's like, well, this is better than what I got. I'll get this, and then you get more money from selling to a smith weapons, then you get more money selling armor to armor smiths, right? So, like, there's a whole little bit of a, wouldn't call it a grind, but, like, there are times where I felt like I was gear-gated, and I have went around kind of searching for what would be the next best thing for me to get to a spot where I felt comfy again with my fighting. Um, the combat's not perfect, but I actually got really good at the parry which I was never good at before. I think I just dodged or used the, I think it's Quinn, the, the shield sign a lot. Right. And so now I've gotten really good at the parry and kind of taking my time with the human enemies, right? And then I forgot there's a sidestep. So basically, like, if you hit B, he just kind of hop, bunny hops to the side and dodges stuff, which also means that if you do that with monsters or humans, it usually leaves them open for another attack. Um, I... I like so much about that game. It's so much better than everything. Like every RPG like this that's come since has not touched it. I'm just going to say that. Like it's so much better than so many things I've played in the last several years. And a lot of that, like, is it's game design with purpose. It's uh, questing with purpose. It's the, I know that. This is going to progress this part of the story. There are quests that I've failed, you know, because the quest giver is no longer available or the story progressed to a point past that. Um, there's consequence to your choices. There's consequence to things like I went back. I was, you know, if you remember, or if you do still remember, there's a smith in Novigrad um, named Hattori. And, you know, he was one of the smith icons, right? And then I went up and I was like, oh, yeah, he's not available. Can I buy anything from him? And the comment was, why'd you leave me hanging last night? <laughs> we were supposed to, you know, we were supposed to go do this deal together. I needed protection and you weren't there. Like, I was like, the games were doing this back then? Um, yeah. Yeah. They were. And it was just kind of crazy. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. I, I went and did a whole bunch of other quests. But, like, there's a reason I did the... There's a setting you can do where the enemies kind of level up to your level, like they kind of match your level, which I think is a good setting to have because they get more experience. And then also when you're doing a lower, lower level quest, because there's a shitload of quests in that game, um, it doesn't feel 
goofy to uh, be like just slaughtering through stuff. Like it's still a little bit of a challenge. Um, but yeah, like the monster hunts, right? Like you kind of, I like the detective mode, you know, that you go into the Witcher sense. Then sometimes it does things like I was looking for a guy that had a key ring and a blue tunic and the Witcher sense did not work. I had to go around looking in this area for somebody with a key ring and a blue tunic. It was not like just press button to highlight thing that I interact with. It's like, use your brain for a second, right? People tell you randomly, you'll hear over your conversation, we'll be talking about something that talks about where somebody died. And then you realize that that might be a stash of some things that are decent for you where that person died. Like uh, ran into, did a quest and then I finished the quest. And then in the conversation, they were talking about like where several adventurers had gone to this area and had not come back. And it described an area by a lake that I was by, that's by a body of water. And then I started looking around and then I found like an entrance to a cave. And in that cave was a werewolf. And then after I beat the werewolf, which wasn't part of a quest, there was a horde down there and there were a bunch of dead soldiers. And I was like, oh, and then a quest appeared. And then I went all the way across the map to talk to a guy about his soldiers that I found. And then the dialogue tree was set in such a way that reflected that I knew that these people were Adanian soldiers that I came there and then I then a whole other story unraveled from that like I my character understood from their coloring their colors right what kind of soldiers they were so knew to go to the big outpost to go talk to the quartermaster which then unraveled the story and then gave me a moral choice at the end on how I wanted to respond and I was like Games just don't do this anymore. Like, I haven't seen anything. Everything that's open world nowadays is a big old collectathon. Like, here's a whole bunch of things. Here's where the hunts are at. If you go do this, you get this item from this animal or whatever or this creature. And here's where all the feathers are. Like, they're, they're all collectathons. They're not, it doesn't feel like questing with a purpose. And everything about that game just feels like questing with a purpose. And then I'm really engaged with the fucking story. Like, the story's great. Yeah. Um, I give a damn about the characters themselves. Um, the voice actor for Geralt fits the moniker, right? Like he's very monotone, etc. It's not like he's the best voice actor in the world, but like you have a good reason. Like they started that with the first game, right? The Grich the Witcher has been mutated and he's not, he's been kind of stripped of all of emotion, but like throughout the story, like you can choose to be, normal about things and have appropriate responses to different things, right? Like you can have a human response to the thing. And then you see that he grows as a person from that. Um, and it's just, it's really good. Like I'm level 20 and I've put like 35 hours into that in the last couple of weeks. Um, it's, it's such a good game. Like it, it's excellent. It's, it's excellent. It's it's a game of the like that's if you're looking for a good story RPG experience that has some darkness to it and has some good humorous moments and like even the way it's shot sometimes like some of the stuff is just fantastic. I really like there is a portion you're looking for dandelion and I again I forgot all of this stuff right and you're in a theater and you know, the person you're going to talk to is happens to be performing at the theater. And then you watch that person perform a song. The song is like at a very professional level. Like it was, 
you know, you don't have to watch like a whole concert, right? But you go in there and you watch somebody play, sing and perform a song on the lute. And the way it's shot, like angle-wise, right? The way that the music is done, it sound, obviously they recorded somebody doing that song. Like it feels like something out of a TV show or a movie or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so good. It holds up so incredibly well. Like I'm just... Like what's Skyrim? Like this? <laughs> what's Skyrim? Right. Okay. Like The Witcher is so good. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm flabbergasted that I waited this long to play it. Like, it's one of the only things I want to play right now because it's such a good RPG, and I've been looking for this experience for a very oh. long time. And because it's been so long since you last played it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't remember enough too. of the story. Like, I understand the big story arc. And I know it's going to happen, but I don't – all the details in between because I played this back in like 2016, I don't have that context. I was also playing it at 1080p on medium settings too, you know. Mm -hmm. Graphically, it's pretty close to a modern game. It's not quite there. Some of the hair texture is a little bit off. Some of the random world Let's textures look – Some of the NPC textures are a little funky. They are, and the when things are wet, things look really rubbery. Um, yeah, well. And then they reuse some of the faces. Like, there's like, I think they have about 30 kids' faces. They just put different haircuts on them, <laughs> right? Some of the villagers, same thing, right? Put a different haircut. The face is the same, yeah, but the outfit and the, haircut and the haircut and the voice might be different. And so you'll run into some, like, repeats, and you notice some of that, you know. But... Like by and uh, large, I mean, they they were still a fairly small studio when they were making The Witcher Three, and well, that was their you know, breakout assets game. Assets get reused even in AAA titles. Well, and it it is a AAA title, but initially it was made by a AA studio because Witcher Two was kind of like their big achievement before that, and that's a really good game too. I don't know how it holds up in twenty twenty three, but um. At that time, that was one of my favorite games. I really liked The Witcher too because it was such an upgrade from the previous game. And the the choice and consequence in the writing also is really good in 2. But 3 was open-world Witcher, whereas 2 is kind of like forces you into these – it's almost like a level. Um, but they add – there's some quality of life stuff. Like right now, if you're playing – I think you should play with the controller. You can hold the right trigger and then hit a face button for a different sign. So once you get used to what signs are assigned to which face button when you hold the trigger, it becomes really intuitive to, you know, do your, you know, your telekinesis blast or your quin sign to store, stun somebody or to use your shield or to use your fire blast or to use your fire stream or like all of those things like become really second nature to you. So your combat, it's a lot more seamless. It's not time spent in the wheel to figure out what sign you need to cast next which I think is great. Um, you can still use the wheel if you really want to choose, but like I wasn't using the, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's the sign that makes you, that stuns people or you use in dialogue to, you know, use your Jedi mind trick. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but anyways, that sign, a minute. You, you use that and it's really good for crowd control, right? You got three guys barreling after you hit the guy in the back with that sign and now he's stunned and now you're only dealing with two guys, right? 
and then you know you need you got somebody that you've been fighting that's got a shield. You use your force push sign to knock him over, and then you can go stab him in the chest with your sword and do an execute. Like the combat just starts feeling a lot better. Initially, with this ray tracing update, um, it ran kind of rough. Like not crashing rough, but just like you get in a in a lot of different areas. Like it was really stressing even really powerful machines. Um, they released a patch just this over the last few days that addresses some of that stuff. But I will say after playing this a lot on the 3080, I am playing it at 1440 with ray tracing on full and DLSS quality. But I had to turn some stuff down. The foliage was one thing. Grass was another thing. And then NVIDIA Hairworks was another thing. But now that I'm not CPU gated, um, I may turn some of that stuff on or just enjoy the fact that I'm running at 70 to 80 frames per second now. And I would just, I would just enjoy the frames, man. I, like it already I looks really good. It is kind of neat, but it doesn't add like, enough to the experience to drop 10 frames a second. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then if you turn it on and everybody and you have the crowds on ultra plus, like it'll oh, drop God. you 20 frames a second. It's crazy. Oh God, no. <laughs> but it does look well, really cool on like the Griffin fights and stuff with that has lots of hair. It does look neat on that stuff. Well, and also hair works is one of those things that back when the Witcher 3 was built, I mean, that was a fairly new feature. It's not. It's still really great. intensive. It, it's not really greatly op optimized. And, and to be honest, until. It adds physics to like individual hairs is why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and until um, I think we see a game developed in like Unreal 5. It, that's not something that's really ever going to really optimize well um, just because the way hair works uh, works right now, there's just no um, it casts, there's no grouping of it. It, it, it treats it, every individual ha hair strain like an, like an individual object instead of groups of objects like it probably should. Yeah, it and it's just a limitation of coding back when it was created. Yeah, it looks really neat. Like, you know, like if you come up on a bear or something fuzzy, right? Like you see like waves of hair, right? It's it's a neat effect, but it's not worth the frame rate impact unless you just have a machine that can just push through it. Like if it was running at 1080p, maybe I'd drop the hair works on everything and just check it out. But not worth it. The uh, game at 1440. Best of both worlds. Yeah, that's, you can turn on all those little uh, little things. Well, that's what I'm on right now. It's 1440. Um, okay, but you know, when I played this last, I wasn't playing on an OLED. I was playing on a 1070. I was playing on a uh, i7 Sandy Lake from 2012. Right, oh, Jesus. I was playing on 16. Was it 16? Yeah, I've had 16 gigs of RAM for a very long time. But it was 16 gigs of RAM at 1666, right? Um, I had that thing, you know, single threading at like 4.4 megahertz. But the cache on that thing was like, I don't know, 8 megabytes or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> probably only had like four lanes in the whole thing, you know. Like it just, it was a decent first time, but just barely compatible with running The Witcher. Um, but I will say playing the Witcher in 2023 just makes me realize that there hasn't been an RPG experience like this since, 
right? Like, I really yeah. like I really like Elden Ring. Don't get me wrong. Like, Elden right. Ring is a complete is it like it's like apples and oranges. If Elden Ring had the story that Witcher had, like, it'd be literally the best game that was ever made. Period. But The Witcher has the story behind it, and The Witcher is a good game. Like, well, way. not every that, not only that, but every hunt, every side quest, every, um, you know, literal interaction with any interactable NPC was so well thought out. There's um, the in most cases, it was written out to a point that most. Uh, scripters and game directors wouldn't think to do like there's there, there's an interaction. There's with an a R- lot of love in The Witcher Three's uh, just basic structure. Yeah, and you think about like so there's a herbalist you encounter at the very in White Orchard, which is a starting area basically, right? And you can make a choice to save um, save the person that she's treating or not with Witcher drugs. And me being a bleeding heart, like he, he basically says, I can give her drugs, but they're meant for a witcher. I can survive this. This might be detrimental. Mm-hmm. And if I remember right, it's something to the effect of you come across that person's husband later in the game. Like, wait, we're talking 15 hours later. And he's part of a different quest. And he's talking about how he's trying to save her but or trying to rehabilitate her. But since she took these witcher drugs or whatever... Right. She hasn't been the same and she's been like essentially mentally mentally handicapped over the whole affair. Can't remember exactly, but it was something like that, right? Something super detrimental where she's never going to be the same again. And that was just a choice. I didn't get anything out of that choice. It was just a choice as part of the dialogue tree with me interacting with that herbalist that was part of a minor quest that built into a quest way later on. Also, if you choose, though, to be the, to make what seems to be the more logically merciful choice and not give the Witcher drugs um, to her, then your, um, yeah, your interaction dick. with him later is much different because you're treated more as a heartless monster. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. like there's even things like there's part of this, you know, the whole thing revolves around finding Siri. And there's a part of the quest you run into a guy that's, uh, what is his name? It's something, Junior something, Junior Horson, right? Yes. And everybody hates Junior Horson. He's he's an ass. He's an asshole. I I love Junior Horson. And he 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 added such context to... A lot of what was going on you, on around you, in as far as from the war perspective, uh, yes, he's an asshole. He's a dick. Oh, he's he's, he's a spy. He's a thief, and he's just in general a bad person first. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of context for. For what's going on around you in the world just from Junior's interactions. Well, it's like a fun... If you pay attention closely. Yeah, well, I got to the point where, you know, I find him and then 
interrogate him and I'm going through the house, right? Like I'm going after him essentially, right? I need to figure out what happened to Siri. And I get in the house and everything's kind of normal downstairs and you get upstairs and it turns into a Dahmer scene. Like there's women nailed to the freaking banister. There's a whole bunch of dead people in a, in a tub. Like you can see that he's a fucking animal and there's a choice. Like I didn't have to, I got everything I needed out of him. I did not have to kill him, but there's a there's a dialogue that th- thing he says like hey are you going to kill me and the dialogue tree says well Siri's like a daughter to me and I knew what that meant <laughs> and you know at that point I was like fuck it there's no mercy here this guy has no mercy I'm gonna fucking execute him I'm just gonna do it oh, right here I'm, and I, I and I, I completely I had no I mixed him up with Deekstra oh yeah I was gonna say come on now <laughs> and uh, so I had the option to kill him. And I totally took it. Now, Deekster, like you're talking about, right? He's a very multifaceted character because in two, um, he gets betrayed by the witches, right? Which is why he's pissed off. But he's both helping you, then hindering you, then threatening you, and then towards the end, helping you again. He's a very multifaceted character uh, because he owns the bathhouses. And he's also the ex-spy who also kind of runs a lot of the criminal underworld. And he's a very interesting character. But just all that stuff, right? Like I went, we're just talking about a small section of the game. The Baron's story. The Baron's story is like fucking top notch. Like there's so many, there's so many layers to that story. Because you're first, you're like, you're just a straight alcoholic abusing shithead. And then he realized like how fucked up his wife was too. (laughs) Like they're both pretty fucked up. They're birds of a feather, you know? Um, and then his daughter is like going off to join the fucking mage hunters. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And you realize like, this is the product of a broken family. Like everybody has now ruined their life because of a lot of these things. Right. But then it makes it say, it kind of makes the commentary of like, things are not always what they seem. Right. Like he was off in the war. He was drinking a lot because he was away from his family. And that just compounded that issue in a vicious cycle. And that vicious cycle bled into his family life. And it's all these things I'm talking about that are a product of excellent writing. Like, it's not even the original book stuff for The Witcher 3 game. This is just their spin on this character in a different world, in a different setting, um, in a different motivations and everything. And the writing is just so good. There's I haven't played a game with writing this good in a very long time, right? Control had good writing and a little bit bad acting, but... Like, I really like the story and control, but like The Witcher, because there's so much choice and consequence with everything and everything comes back in a good way that it was quality. Like, you're just like, how did they think of this? It just feels real. Um, As close to real as you can in the way that nothing is completely black and white. There's always a layer to everything. And I, I think that's part of the reason I like it so much. But at the same time, I mean, at the time, they were really, CD Projekt Red was really planning on this being their their last true for, foray into The Witcher. They, they initially said this was going to be their, this was the finale of Geralt's and Ciri's story, and mm-hmm. you can tell they put a lot of love into that. Yeah, they They're, said... It was the finality, uh, uh, finale for Geralt. 
didn't say anything about Siri. Well, and we can That's... talk. We can talk about that too. Like I, I know they're focusing on a new game that doesn't revolve around Gerald. Mm-hmm. Gerald. Uh, Gerald. <laughs> Gerald. 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 Gerald the Witcher. <laughs> God it's like, it, it's like your your uncle Gerald. <laughs> Ease. Um, but <laughs> I would say I highly recommend it. Um, extremely highly recommend. It. What else is going to come out that's this good of an RPG? Like, I'm going to be stuck with a game from 2016. Well, now now you understand why people were so upset about fucking CD Projekt Red's uh, other game. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. After playing this, like Cyberpunk's, I think, got some deserved flack and some undeserved flack because it didn't run on older generations hardware, mm-hmm. right? It was the fault of greed from their stakeholders of trying to get it in on the current platform so that they could get the money from that that caused a lot of the review bombing. But the story is not as good as The Witcher, um, no. not even by half. Some mm-hmm. of the emergent gameplay in that game is really good, and there's a lot of cool things about cy- about Cyberpunk. But like, if The Witcher is like a four nine or a four nine five, like Cyberpunk in retrospect is really more like a four four or four five kind of game, you know. Well, you're also talking about about a giant difference in worlds, right? Like, doesn't mean the writing couldn't have been um, as good. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not completely excusing that, but it is tougher. I mean, you're writing, you're writing a story. You're trying to write a story in a, in a game where, um, for, for the most part, the characters and motivations of the characters are created on an individual basis because it's a TTRPG. Well, and um, also the Witcher, you're playing somebody who is basically a hero, even though he's a little bit of an anti-hero. He's still basically a hero, right? And your character in CD Projekt is kind of like a victim of circumstance. Yeah. Um, and oh. that's the difference in world world building, too. I mean, you say what you will for um, for the, the world creation of TTRPGs. And Cyberpunk is one of those richer worlds. But at the same time, it can't match the well it could but it's very hard to match the depth of story the um the the con- the complication level of characters the deepness of characters etc versus what the the witcher novels really presented them with as far as crafting games upon it right well the Witcher novels, because they use that as such a, you know, as their uh, uh, as their source material. This the the Witcher novels. If you've, you know, if you read through that stuff, everybody's an asshole. Everybody has a flaw. Like literally, everybody has a good thing and a bad thing that you know could save them or is you know worth killing them over. Well, you uh, know, originally Geralt was a huge ass man whore. And by hey, the, well, I mean, and you can still, still and you can still be that in three, but there's a lot of choice and consequence that comes from that. A mm-hmm. lot of your interaction with Yennefer well, and Triss also reflect on that too. 
you're you're also seeing a big changing girl i mean you're there is actually preference for it uh, there is actually uh uh a meaning behind that though you see some of that in the novels too of Geralt becoming um less and less of a man whore even throughout the novels and most of that is because of his interactions first and foremost with with Triss or with uh Yenfer and then backed up by that after with with Triss as well so uh, there there was already those groundworks before they um really started writing for for two and three because obviously two and three is really where Triss has a big impact well yeah um, I mean it- before that she before that in the novel she was just she was one of the very few people that not only did he trust with with Cirilla but that he he just trusted as a as a human being in general and Geralt didn't trust a lot didn't really trust anyone so yeah it just it kind of just the level of detail and world building in this is what really makes that game like the combat's decent right the there's a lot of playing the damn game which was a big topic of conversation for me during during game of the year right like let me just play the game you can right. skip a lot of the conversations, but the stuff is so well interacted with that I had a hard time skipping it. Uh, you know, unless I was like, I've been playing this too long. I need to go to bed. You know, like that's the only time that I'm skipping anything. But I really enjoy the world building in this so much that it's really hard for me to want to skip anything. And like, I'm okay with longer stretches of story with this when it does it. But there's never. I do like that it respects me as a player and that I still have to figure some things out, right? And nothing felt feels cookie-cutter in the way that it presents the puzzles or presents the, uh, you know, like there's a statue puzzle as on a Witcher hunt that I was doing, on a Witcher gear hunt. I wasn't even a gear hunt. I was with one of the other sorceresses and we were looking for something. But anyways, we're in this, you know, in this like underground cave temple thing and I misread how the lyric to the poem was, and I kept triggering a wraith that I had to kill. And I really looked into the thing and then looked at the statues and was like, oh, that makes sense. So I reordered the way that I was activating the statues and it worked. But it wasn't, again, like hold button to go to detective mode to figure out the order of things based on you seeing things, right? It was always like, pay attention to the text. This tells you what to do. You just got to read between the lines a little bit, right? And those types of things, like, I enjoy quite a bit. Like, when, you know, it's not often that I go into the bestiary of a game, right? Like, I'll be honest with you, like, in Horizon, didn't go into it nearly as much as I do with The Witcher. Like, with The Witcher, you're like, okay, so this, you know, you go, what are the weaknesses for a wraith, right? And then you figure out it's like this moon dust bomb, and then it's the specter oil, And then you look at like the concoction that you have that will help you best in that kind of fight, right? You know that if it's a a wraith that has that's part of a quest and you find the item that the wraith is tied to, that you can fight it without the Yurden sign, right? But if you run into a wraith out in the world and it's not part of something where you're on a hunt and you've got to you're not like burning an item, you know you've got to use the Yurden sign to tie them to the physical plane so you can actually attack them. 
which was something I like. I also like all the detective stuff that you have to do in all the different monster hunts, right? Like that whole portion of the game is always also really fun to me. And then the preparation for what you need to do, right? Like figuring out what things are going to work best in this scenario so that I'm prepared for this fight. Um, well, I mean, I think we joked as far as those mechanics, you know, when it first came out, it was like you took uh, you took your detective modes from from Batman Arkham Asylum right. <laughs> and put it in Skyrim, you know, but, but it does. But there's also like the extra exploring level. the it does make exploring the world. Um, I want. I want to say less of a chore. It's enjoyable to just go riding around looking yeah. for stuff. And the stuff that you go around the world looking for is self-motivated, right? It's not a icon on the map that you're riding towards unless it's some a quest-specific marker for a specific NPC. And those aspects make that game really shine. Like, it's just, it's so good. I, there's not, there's not any other open world RPGs like it. It hasn't been since. So you say essence. it's been a great revisit in 2023. <laughs> it's been an excellent revisit in 2023. Like I'll be have a hard time. Like I'm going to be comparing everything else this year, RPG wise, to this, which you know it may not have fair comparison because it's a stellar game. But they the facelift definitely mm -hmm. helps it. I think uh, if you're looking to revisit a good old game, because it's also on Cog. Um, since, you know, CD Projekt owns GOG. But if you are looking for a good old game and you want to pl play it with a facelift, it it looks pretty good. And everything about that game is very uh, well done. I I really enjoy it. I, I can't say enough good things about it. Performance issues aside that I've had a little bit of issue with, that game's phenomenal. And I just, you know, I needed a game like that that's phenomenal. To play after I've just played so many B and C tier titles lately. Um, speaking of B and C tier titles, um, I don't got a lot more to report on this yet, but I did fire <laughs> Mech Warrior <laughs> Five back up for the new Rise of Razohog, mm -hmm. and I've just started that while I was waiting on the podcast. Um, I did forget how fun it is to. Uh, Start from nothing and be in a light mech, and then I got a company of uh, flea mechs, so I have four fleas. That's what I'm. That's what I'm running with right now, and I just got my first assassin mech. But all all the fleas, I've got a flea with two light cannons on it, and that's it because that's all I can hold, and a flamer. <laughs> um, I've got my flea, the the command flea. He's got a two, four small. What is it? Three small lasers, two medium lasers, and two machine guns. Um and paper armor. And then I've got an assassin with SRMs on it only because that was all I could put on it because it's a shit-ass assassin. And we are just fucking wrecking face for what we're doing right now. I take, took on a hunchback with a pack of fleas and was able to tear the hunchback apart because I was able to get behind its line of fire and just backstab the hell out of it. Um. Also, I did something today while I was waiting that I didn't realize was possible. So with recent updates, there's, there's melee combat in MechWarrior. Mm -hmm. um, I did a death from above with my assassin and broke my leg, but also just flattened um, a fucking spider. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that was incredibly enjoyable. I didn't realize it was possible. I just was trying to jump over it to get it in a backstab position. And my fuel ran out mid-flight before it recharged. And I just fell down. And there was a little bit of an animation. And it just blew up. <laughs> I was like, oh, death from above. That's what's going on here. I, I performed this accidentally perfectly. Um, but yeah, there's a thing where you'll see a expanding circle on an area, which I've started to see. And so like right now, I'm the my company was uh, allied. I'm doing career mode, which is not the campaign. My company's aligned with the Merrick and because of the House of Merrick. And so like there's the Cannabis Magistry or whatever. Like there's a couple of different factions. There's like the Independence and the Cannabis Magistry. And there's these like expanding Canopus. You're welcome. Yeah, I, I don't know my lore. But anyways, those are the two like battling factions in here along with the uh, House of Merrick. And there's rival. I see like a rival uh, mech warrior unit is in this area. And I just got to the point in the game where it told me, all right, so if you're in this area and there's a mech warrior unit allied with them, they could jump in. And if you're fighting against their side, they'll fight against you and you'll just have an emergency drop of mechs that drop in on, on your deal. Or if you're fighting the same side that they are, that they may join you to help you out. And I haven't run into that yet because I'm only like four or five missions in. Um, but I, that's a neat idea. And then also your mech bays are like incredibly expanded. So I know that at a certain point I can also get up to 36 active mech bays going, which is crazy. Um, so I'm kind of doing a little bit of a, you know, collect a mech game with that. But I'm playing two old games because I'm just kind of waiting on this Hogwarts Legacy to come out, which comes out on Friday. Yeah, I've been kind of looking at it. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, but I mean. I share his birthday. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Um, it came out when I was a young adult, and then I read it like in my late twenties. I was like, "It's not bad." It's so, I mean, the no uh, the novels are fine. I think they're the, better than the movies. But. I, I, I honestly think that <laughs> Hogwarts Legacy is going to inadvertently benefit from all of the bad press that is happening that's happening around it. Uh, <laughs> Because it's on people's minds, and now I'm starting to see commercials on TV. Oh, yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> so, a, I mean, if people are really wondering, like, J.K. Rowling didn't make this game. It's just an intellectual property. So, like, if that's what you're well, worried about, like, I'm not sure what you're protesting. The I don't, know, I don't necessarily really have a whole lot to uh, – I, I don't put a whole lot of stake in, you know, this kind of shit. Uh, because I think it's I think it's bullshit, but you know that's my stance on it. I think all of this shit is bullshit. Play the game for the fucking game's sake. There's a lot of people that put you know their time and effort into it into the game just because it has another person's name on it. Like if if, I, if for some reason fucking George R. R. Martin was my fucking like you know my target of ire, I, I would probably still watch like. I'd still yeah, play still Elden Ring. Interact with fucking, <laughs> you know, Elden Ring, right? Because it happened. <laughs> but still, I mean, the idea behind, you know, boycotting a fucking game just because, you know, they their intellectual pop, uh, property was, you know, is, it's based off of their intellectual property because you don't want to 
you don't want to support them is hogwash. It's bullshit. It's it's I can't I can't say it enough. It's like it's the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it just as another RPG that's got some hopefully looks like it's got some deep systems behind it. And I'm just looking forward to see what they do with the property. I'm genuinely very curious about it. Like this was kind of like one of those games where it's kind of like, yeah. And then the more that I've seen of it, right. The more I've seen around like watch uh, reading interviews with the developers and kind of reading the enthusiasm of that. And then to boot, like there's a bunch of people that got early console copies this last week and nobody's bitching about it at all. Like not even a little bit. No, because I mean, the, those people who are playing it for the game's sake. I mean, what I've seen of it so far, it looks like a solid ass fucking game. If you if you wanted to, uh, you know, experience like basically, it's kind of like you know what people have wanted from you know the Harry Potter series, like that whole fucking like you know be the student in fucking Hogwarts. This is gonna give that to you. Yeah, you know, and you know I'm I'm gonna see what the Slytherin path line opens up when I play it probably, just you because. Because you're a fucking Slytherin, of course. I'm not really. I, I think I don't know what I'd be considered, but the uh, Ravenclaw. Like, I think it's. Uh, I think <laughs> you know when you do those stupid like online surveys. I think I always ended up as a Hufflepuff, but um, <laughs> you you do. You do strike me as a Hufflepuff, but then again, I just so does Jason. Well, I just kind of want to play. I want to see what the darker storyline is, right? And I know like all the villains, more of the, most of the villains, right, were aligned with Slytherin. So I've, I'm pretty curious. Maybe they get like cooler magic than the Hufflepuffs, right? I don't oh my know. god, no! It's all the same fucking magic. It's just like <laughs> uh, the 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 idea behind uh, fucking what Slytherin is. They're kind of like the jocks. They're they're pricks for pricks sake. So Yeah, maybe I won't play Slytherin, but I'm I'm curious. But I, I plan on getting it. That's my next like triple A game purchase, and then it'll obviously be on PC, because you know, why not? Um Oh yeah, for sure. Um uh, I definitely wanna uh I'd like to pick it up. I just don't know if I'm gonna ever have fucking time to play any games right now. So <laughs> I've rambled for quite a bit. Did you guys have any other games you wanted to talk about before we went to break? I apologize. I just kind of really got into The Witcher there for a second. You're good. You're good. I mean, oh, a lot no, of you're good. A lot of you've been doing is just kind of going and playing my fucking comfort game. I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen like fucking crazy. Well, you've got uh, the internet to do it now. I do have the internet to do it. I've been I've been spending a lot of fucking time. Just I I work a lot. I work. I work when I'm not supposed to work. So, you know, you I've been stop doing that. shit like you're you're an hourly employee, aren't you? Yes. Yes. You know, work during the hourly employee. Work during the hours. Yeah, work during the hours. You get paid. I know. I know. I get that shit. But I also, I'm trying. I'm I'm being I'm being selfish with you know with some of the you know shit that I'm doing. Like I am, I'm creating VMs so that I don't have to use a separate hard you know a piece of hardware to uh to do my job you know and that way i can spin up the you know spin up a vm on my machine do you know to do a thing uh and 
be able to just like alt tab and do other things, you know, mm-hmm. or not have three laptops on my fucking desk and have to deal with you know multiple keyboards and mice or fucking try to d- deal with an A B switch or a dock or any of that bullshit. No, fuck that shit. I'm just going to and so even know, throw it on my rig and you know devote a couple cores to it and be fine with it. You an know, employee asked me. And they were saying, because, you know, they're looking at, like, what they needed to do next so that they could continue to, you know, promote or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. well, your salary, so that means that you're just on call all the time. I was like, no, actually it doesn't. I was like, the the best thing you can always do is set boundaries. And when I'm off, the people that work directly for me know when it's appropriate to reach out to me and when it's not or when it can wait. And I was like, it's pretty rare that I have somebody that texts me on my weekend to say such and such, Right. Like most of the time when I log out, I'm off. I don't check all of my, you know, different things of people communicating with me. That's my boundary. And that helps my work-life balance, right? And the people that work directly with me, right, like understand that. And I can trust them to do their job just fine without me interfering. In fact, I don't interfere that often, to be honest with you. But that's the thing. Like they, they uh, they let me be off work. They know if it's an emergency, I'll be available for them. And drop it at the drop of a hat, but I almost never have to. And say they're like, oh, I've re- I think I've worked during hours that I probably shouldn't have been working like five times this all last year. Yeah, and and it's, aside it's... from like different things, like a couple three weeks ago, I had VPs in town, and I planned everything that we were doing, and I was out very late. So for two solid days, I was gone for like sixteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. But that was a very rare thing, right? I'm not going to get it to interact with these people in person because I work from home. So I need to make the most of it, make sure that I um, everything goes as planned. And then I get the most out of this experience by building good partnerships with people I don't normally work with. So, you know, for me, that was a time that I was definitely working way outside of my norm. But it was it was merited. And I knew the rest of the, the rest of the time it's not normally like that. So it's no big deal. Right. Well, it's not. It, this is most most of what I'm doing. Is you know, it's it's just for ease of use for myself. <laughs> so it's it's not like it's I, I I still the stuff that I'm doing specifically and directly with you know work I'm still clocking in for I'm not I'm not working for free. But that that aside, I mean I I do a lot of weird shit. My brain's been in a weird fucking like place. So when I get into weird uh, weirdness, and I know. There's a lot of people, a lot of people out there that just like fucking have, you know, you you get like bad news or fucking like something fucking happens in your life. You just lock down and you just focus on a thing. And it might be just me. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking weird, but I lock down and I fucking focus on a thing that makes, you know, that gives me joy because you focus on something you can have control been, over because you don't have control of the other thing. Right. Everything else has been shit. I'm just going to fucking like focus on a thing that does not fucking, you know, does not equal shit. Uh and for me that is just focusing, you know, efforts on, you know, in Final Fantasy 14 and doing fun, things that make things fun. Um I mean Yeah, I I I sometimes We'll take a break from this and I'll go watch a show. Like I watched like the first episode of Wednesday. I I didn't binge it. Uh but first episode was good. That's great. Uh and uh 
Vox Machina. Uh, watch those as soon as they come out. Um, but you know, those are for me, really damn good. For me, it's. I know I've got other fucking games I need to play, but because I need to play them, it's actually, it's actually a detriment for me. <laughs> I just say, you know what? I need to play this later. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's just gonna get backburnered, but I'm gonna have all these really great games to play when I get to the you know get to the backburner, right? So, like, God of War Ragnarok <laughs> still on fucking backburner, um, you know, just because the TV needs to be free for me to be able to play that, um, you know, Hogwarts Legacy, I'm gonna pick it up, I'm gonna try it, but I don't know if I'm gonna like it. If it's gonna if it's gonna fit that joy that I need right now, uh, so yeah, I've just been focusing my efforts on Final Fantasy fourteen and everything and everything that has to do with MMOs and all of the time that it takes in you know it takes away from me, and I enjoy the fuck out of it. So you know, there's That's that. That's fair. JC, Jason, did, did you have anything to add to this game wise? Uh, no, really, I've just been trying to, uh, trying to get through, uh, uh, my control playthrough, which I only got a couple more hours in and, um, played a couple more hours of tactics ogre and that's really about it. I'm in the, we're in the, the super busy kit portion of the, of the year, so. Well, you need to figure out how I can get some uh, some of those Girl Scout cookies ordered. I'm not going to eat them, but definitely, definitely use I'll, them uh, for, uh, for leverage. Of Crystal, uh, send you the uh, send you the link once she's home. Well, she In she fact, sent me the link, and... but right now you can only you can only purchase things that are uh, to be hand delivered, and I uh, I don't think you're going to get on yeah. the plane. Yep. No. Mm. I mean, so, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure your daughter would love love to come up and you know and visit to you know, deliver some cookies. It would be a hell of a story. I mean, then again, <laughs> you could, uh, uh, I could send you a list with prices, and we could always just uh, mail it to you. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's that's a that is an option. All right. Um, let me get my wallet out. Uh, I think it's time for a break. <laughs> All right, y'all. Just see me as Cookie Santa. Cookie Santa. All right, folks, we'll be back. And we're back. There we go. We're uh, on to the news section. I mean, if you can't already tell, like we've been riffing on some older stuff because that's what's good right now. Um, right. Because there's, you know, we we touched on it, but like the, you know, the Harry Potter game comes out Friday next week, which will be probably right before I release this episode anyway. Um, but yeah, there is a little bit of news that's out there. Um, for things that are 
things that are happening. So we all know what uh, there's a game called Sons of the Forest that's the sequel to The Forest. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's going to release in early access soon. I could not find a date on it, but they're going to release it in early access and then build it towards a full release. But they, I guess they want to get it out the gate. So I'm not sure what to think about that yet. Um, I never beat The Forest. Um, it was if, on my radar for a little bit, and then it just fell off the radar because, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think that, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, survival games are all right, but this one's just, okay. It's just like, you know, it was the fucking cannibals, I think it was. Just, yeah, I'm good. I don't know why. I just want a good. I want a good survival game, but I don't want that. <laughs> well, I'm still I'm still looking forward to uh, Arc Two. <laughs> well, if it doesn't require a village, right? I got into a conversation with a guy a couple weeks ago that was obsessed with Arc, and he had to quit playing Arc. Uh, I was up at a bar for my buddy's birthday, mm-hmm. and you know, found out that I like video games. Somebody I didn't know, and it was obvious he was completely obsessed with Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, if it doesn't require a village to play it, I'm down. If they still have it tuned or don't have a mode for like co-op, then I'm not down. Because that's the biggest issue I have with Ark. We had to like well, change a lot of quality of life settings just to make it playable for two people. Right. Well, there's, there's a couple differences here. Uh, as I get going a little bit you know further in you know in tech and start building back up over here it would be possible for me to just host the server where where i was actually you know having to go to a hosting uh, service to get an arc server before i should be able to have that shit like in the other room and that would save the 15 dollars a month or whatever the fuck the cost was for you know for a little arc server and the idea was tune it so that it could be played by two people, you know, or three people or whatever. I mean, I don't doubt that I'll probably end up playing it because you're going to play it and it'll give me something else co-op to try, but. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I am sure if they keep the same, if, if they keep the same idea where it's supposedly like an always on MMO style fucking survival game, um, I hope they don't, but if they do, uh, I mean, it should be tunable just like the original arc was. I just didn't want to play Rust with with dinosaurs because that's basically what it turned into. It well, that that is correct. It it did turn into that, but then again, yeah, most of those online survival games, even fucking like Minecraft, is like that. So, well, in other news, um, Turtle Rock is going to quit making new content for Back for Blood. That's so. kind of like. What are they working on? <laughs> another game, actually. Just another game? Yeah. The survey... Is it unannounced another game? Yeah, an unannounced another game. They're not a real big AAA studio. So updates and new things are coming to an end. The servers will remain online. So the game will continue to, to work, but they're not doing anything else new with that game because they don't have the people to support that with their staff. So... Mm. I wonder, like, I know it wasn't super successful, but, like, 
Was it that bad? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't me play and Jason, it. Me and Jason like playing it. But Jason's no, availability to play co-op. Game. Yeah, Jason's availability to play co-op is pretty limited. So it's like we've gotten a together. We've probably put 10 hours into the game. Now I've yeah. played a little bit solo, but I don't like playing it solo with randos. Um, so right. it is what it is. Um, something else that's really crazy. Um, so Dwarf Fortress had a full release on Steam. And it is gross $7.23 million. They were expecting to make around $20,000 on the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, nostalgia pays. Um, that It's the same dev team that makes Dwarf Fortress too. It's literally I the mean, same game. Just they've got a, a UI and it's not like ASCI art basically. Okay. Yeah. No, no it's, it's worthwhile. Like if you were... I've thought about it. I just, it. you you know, that's a 500-hour game. <laughs> it is. Well, that, and it's extremely fucking difficult. Yeah. Like, that game is built to, you know, punch you in the nuts. Um, but having an actual UI instead of, like, a differently colored U, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> is something... This is uh is it's it's kind of interesting to see. I think you can actually flip between the two. I'm not. Uh, I've seen screenshots of both. I'm uh, not, it's not a game that I would play. <laughs> it's something that, in the right mindset, I could. But I really want to. I really, really, really want to play this Hogwarts game, and I don't need to play The Witcher plus that plus MechWarrior all at the same time. Rather, that's the only thing I'm going to play through like March. Hmm. Yeah, um, right. And I'm not looking for that kind of experience. I'm looking for, I don't know. I'm doing pretty good right now, flipping back and forth between Witcher and MechWarrior. Uh, that's, that would overwhelm me. Um, something else that's interesting. So we remember on Xbox 360, there was a Wolverine game that was actually pretty fucking good. Um, Insomniac has a Wolverine game that is reportedly targeting a mature rating and will release next year. Um. So I think that's actually not bad news at all. I mean, I'm I am a uh, no, I'm a pleb I'm and I like Wolverine, that. so whatever. Yeah, okay. it, that it it's funny because the the game that you're talking about was the movie tie-in. It was like X Men Origins Wolverine was the game, and it was nothing like the movie at all. <laughs> no, it was just an, an action game with Wolverine, and it was great because it was brutal as shit. Yes, it was. Um, other news, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor uh, has been delayed six weeks from March 17th to April 28th. I'm okay with that. Um, <clears throat> Respawn said they just need the the additional time to uh, to finish some of the some of the fit and polish so well there's still a lot of people like apparently if you like dead space the remake has been very well received um so if you're looking right now like the thing is, is to play these big asshole games that were good 10 15 years ago or five plus years ago because nothing else is out there like that so if you're looking for something else old that has now been facelifted you can play that of course now you got to pay money to do it, but mm -hmm. whereas uh, Every, Witcher, you just had to have the game again. Yeah. Um, 
It's all right. I know I, I, I know I've worked with a couple people that are young enough to know not know some of the great games of yesteryear that's now being like, you know, remastered and shit. You know, there's some some games that I would I would hope that were remastered, but not like remade. Uh, if that makes sense, like I would love to see some remastered games that give me they give me you know either more options or you know a a better UI or something like that, but not necessarily like you know I don't want I don't want a Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> right. I don't want it. I well, wanted Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Something else that's coming out well, this this month that also is is something new if you're into it. So there's kind of a, like a sort of active turn based game called Frozen or not Frozen Synapse, um, Phantom Brigade. That's a mech style shooter. It's been on Epic and early access for quite a while, and I've been waiting for it to hit 1.0. Um, it's going to be hitting 1.0 at the end of this month on the 28th, and coming to Steam with the 1.0 release. If you're curious, again called Phantom Brigade, check it out. Uh, Rock, Paper, Shotgun did a pretty good synopsis of the game um, to kind of let you know what's up. But uh, going back to remakes, <laughs> Last of Us Part 1 for PC has been moved to March 28th. I think it's partly to do with the success of the show and realizing they probably want to polish a couple of things before they really set out again. Mm-hmm. Um, so another game coming out later rather than earlier. Uh, Jason, you were going to say something. I was going to say, uh, and to no one's surprise, uh, it's pretty much all, all but been confirmed that uh, this year's E3 in June, which is going to be the first in person for the last three years. So kudos to them. Um, but it will be without Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo having... Uh, any, any participation as far as showcase and or floor presence. Um, Microsoft is has basically said it's mostly due to uh, marketing costs at this point and re- reduction in budget there. Nintendo has said, like they've said the last like five years, that they just don't really have much to showcase. Um, and... Sony's not really said anything out in the out in the public, but with various budget budget cuts that they've been making, um, it's just assumed that they're going to make the same decision. Um, that said, E three will still be will still be full of of a lot of other publishers and smaller studios, uh, but uh, Ubisoft is. Uh, this is guesstimated to be the headliner that this year, but we'll see what what all shakes out in well, the next couple months. We'll know better, but I don't think that's a surprise to anybody with the uh, with the absolute hit that tech is taking everywhere. Yeah. Well, I honestly think that the the big, you know, the big first parties probably shouldn't be there um and that's just because they're nintendo directs uh or you know the the 
uh, state of plays and stuff like that. Those get yeah. enough of their uh, their marketing out, and they can control that instead of being in a in a live setting. They can actually control that. Uh, I think so. That makes more sense for them marketing wise. But now, word is Xbox will still be doing their own separate live showcase in LA right. this summer. They were supposed That's to talk so about Starfield at some point. They're just too. not doing both. Mm-hmm. I really, right. I really hope that the cutbacks don't affect the release of some of the stuff they have too much. I know it's going to affect it some, right? But hoping that something comes out. Um, soon um, about what the release state it is and what the state of the game is at this point. On what? Which game? Uh, Starfield. Oh, Starfield? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there should be some some information. Fuck, I don't know. It's not, it's not on the list anywhere. Like... I've been, I've been kind of looking for where it would fall in like a in the list i don't know if they've actually given a new date for it i'm thinking it'll be end of the year sometime oh god it was supposed to be the end of last year what the fuck is you know going on layoffs uh yeah but speaking of things coming out there's a couple of things to note so atomic heart comes to game pass on the 21st of this month that's right um, and also, I've talked about this a lot in the past, but there's a game called The Last Spell, which is a turn-based, kind of wave-based survival tower defense game mm-hmm. that's really good that hits its 1.0 release sometime this month. Well, that's good. I've been waiting for the 1.0 to uh, uh, to play it. I really like the soundtrack. It's got kind of this metal, hard rock soundtrack that fits it really well, surprisingly. Um, I really really like this game and I've just basically been waiting for it to drop 1.0 for me to play it again. Yeah. Um, There's, um, every wave is meaningful. I like, or every time you fail is meaningful. It's good. Right. Um, Oh, well, I, another thing that's popping up, you know, this, uh, this month, uh, on the 22nd, uh, PSVR two is, uh, is launching with a bunch of fucking games for it. um, so if you don't have VR uh, and you do happen to have a PlayStation, uh, PlayStation Five, uh, you can. You happen to have five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want, if I'm, I'm only talking like, hey, it's a PS Five plus whatever the fucking uh, PS VR costs. Um, if you want to play the like, what is it eight, eight to ten games that they're gonna have on launch? Yeah, you can get on it. Um, so like uh, Horizon Call of the Mountain. Uh, is going to be there. Um, Moss, Moss Book Two, Puzzling Places, Res Infinite, Tr- Tetris Effect Connected, uh, Zenith: The Last City, uh, and Fantavision Twenty Twenty X, Twenty Two X or Two O Two X, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, yeah, so there's some uh, games that's placed on PlayStation VR too. It's supposed to be really good. I don't know. I haven't actually looked super hard into the specs, but it's supposed to be comparable to uh, what you can get on PC, uh, you know, with the convenience of it being on a console. And right now, uh, looking at my Oculus that's been, you know, collecting dust and all of the fucking, you know, the the cable bloat that's in this room because of the Oculus, 
it's starting to look like uh, if I want to play VR, it might be uh, I'm going to be changing up my uh, my setup anyway. So <laughs> I'm probably not going to pick up the PSVR two though. That's yeah. It's I start to say it's not like you have me there to help you hang rails for your cables. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I. Uh, it's, it's just the cables, like so many fucking cables. Whereas uh, you know, newer VR setups are uh, way better about their cable, uh, their cable bloat. But yeah, um, that's that's one of the things that's coming out uh, this month. Uh, let's see, I believe right near the end of the month uh, is. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2. So, if you like the first one, you might like this one. Uh, this one too. I don't know. I'd never gotten to the first one, I never I, finished it anyway. Yeah, I realized I realized about 10 hours in that it wasn't a game that I was going to want to play. And then I tried Triangle Strategy, which I paid full price for. Okay. Um, and realized He's... that that game is uh 90% B and C tier story mixed with 10% combat. And, uh, like the game loop was go to area, talk to all the NPCs, do a couple of quick random, go talk to this person, go talk to this person, go find this item in this little area, then sit through a bunch of exposition between your characters and another character, and then play a fight that takes you 10 minutes and then repeat the loop again for like two hours before you get to like 10 minutes of actual game. And if the story had been at a quality of like Witcher level, then maybe I'd be into it, but it's not. Um, like the strategy part of it, it's pretty neat, but it's it's more like triangle conversations. Like I just, it's, uh, I don't know. It just did not hit me. And especially after playing through freaking tactics, ogre reborn, and then going to that game, like tactics, ogre has some kind of long cutscenes. A couple of them are about 20 minutes long. None of them start breaching the 30 and 40 minutes to a close to an hour on the reg. Like uh, Triangle Strategy does, and it just that game was exhausting. Like I couldn't take a break. Like the break to go up and refill my glass was between lines of dialogue that I just wait to reply to. And it was like at a certain point, I was like, "I'm hitting X to skip a lot. I need to uninstall this game. I, I, I don't. I'm not enjoying myself. I'm like hate mm -hmm. playing this. I don't know. Yeah, you you are not big on like so. You're you're big on story rich, but you want it to be uh, quality rich. So you don't want it in chunks. You want it to be like you know organically. You know, I don't like you to be want forced it into style. You don't want it fucking like shown to you. You want to be part of it. I don't want it to be Xenoblade Chronicles. Ooh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, most people who've played that game understand that. Yeah, like I don't want to be painted into a corner and to watch just cut scene after cut scene after cut scene and not have a pause for anything. It's like I had to pee 20 minutes ago. Like, give me a second, right? Like at least horizon will let you pause stuff. But, and a lot of the modern games will let you pause stuff, but like, especially when I'm playing stuff on a lunch break or I'm playing, but a lot of people play games differently. Like I play games. Sometimes I've got like a 30 minutes to kill before I got to go off and do something. Right. I don't want to be, like, I'll look at a game like that and be like, I'm going to happen upon a cutscene that I can't skip or pause. And I'm going to end up having to let this just play through while I leave the house. Like, that's not the way to play a game. Like, you don't respect my time at all. 
You you think I'm here to watch a movie that I can't even hit the pause button on or whatever it may be, you know, I got to leave it mid dialogue. And then, I, you know, if I, I quit, then I got to go through the whole thing again. That's exhausting. <laughs> um, yeah, it's I, just exhausting. Can I have the uh, uh, close notes version of this uh, this conversation, please? Yeah. Like, Bad guy wants to go here. It makes people butt hurt. I'm going there. Bye. Bye. Let me play your game. Let me find out what was fun about this game. Not enjoyable. Right. What was fun about this game? Games are meant to be fun. Anywho, um, I don't really have much else in the way of games. That was the main bits of news I had. Um, did you guys happen upon anything else? Nothing that uh, like the, stands out to me, man. Uh, the only other thing I had, and it's actually quite. A pretty big piece of news. Um, it was reported a couple days ago that Activision Blizzard will have to pay $35 million in a settlement uh, regarding the charges raised by the SEC uh, into their workplace misconduct probe. I mean, oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, they were going to have some kind of monetary damages about that anyway i mean i i knew that was going to happen um yeah. i guess the bigger thing uh that yeah. i've heard addition additionally there's been a separate charge raised um regarding activision blizzards illegally violating its whistleblower protection rule by requiring former employees to inform the company if they received a request for information from the SEC. Oh, yeah. That did happen, didn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so they, they now have a new charge on top of this settlement, which is already on top of the settlement from the uh, equal employment opportunity sexual harassment lawsuit that landed them 18 million in fines. So, why did Microsoft buy want them? <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't get it. I mean, on top of that, you know, I mean, on top of all of that, like, uh, you know, it, it, it's like, it's like blood in the water. Yes. Are you, are you moving to purchase a company that's in a lot of legal trouble? Yes. Is that legal trouble enough to necessarily fold the company in its entirety? No, you could possibly, I mean, it is possible you could save a vast majority of the workforce in purchasing the company. Um, but you'll, have to work hard and i know phil spencer knows this and i think he believes he can do it and that is basically kick out all the cancer and um yeah and uh you know and move and move past it but uh, it, even for him to be able to do that though that purchase has to be approved right and that that's still got to go through the FCC, so we'll see. Well, well, we'll 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 see if it makes a difference at Microsoft. Maybe, maybe be able to turn that shit around. But I mean, after uh, 
you know, after the what was it last week? It was it was a week week and a half ago at least, I think. Um was the uh the final day for uh for World of Warcraft in fucking China. Uh so they'll lose that entire market. <laughs> so World it's like of Warcraft, it's, Starcraft, yep. And everything, man. Everything that's you know, Activision Blizzard just gets gets that shit pulled. So or has already it's already happened, you know, so like I don't know, man. That's just seems like a weird time to purchase a company, you know? Let them let them try to recover from that. If they don't recover, then try to fucking, you know, pull uh swoop in and save them, but don't do it in the middle of all this bullshit. It's a weird time. But yeah, I'm I'm done. I don't have any more. <laughs> All right. Well, I think where can you find the where can you find the show, Jason? All right. <laughs> find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. You've got picking up the pixels or pupcast. You've got bmfcast.com for the love of gaming. Um, NoQuarters.net and TVGP.tv, um, they play lots of video games, and I don't think they play MechWarrior. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.